It's 70 degrees and sunny here in Chicago, Friday, June 17th, and this is episode 9 of Ruts Happening. Hello again, everybody. I'm your host, Andrew Rutberg, TGIF. Happy Friday, and today we have a very special guest joining us in studio. It's Rob Cressy, founder of Cress Media and the head of Bacon Sports. I feel like I already know him, even though it's our first time meeting, and that's because I've been following him on Snapchat, at Bacon Sports. If you're a sports fan, you like to have fun, you gotta go follow him. Rob, thanks for being here. How are you? Super excited to be here. Happy Friday. Feeling good, and uh, I know you're a Pittsburgh native. And your Penguins just hoisted the cup. Congratulations. Are you still riding high? Are you kidding me? This permagrin is going to be on my face for months, definitely until Steelers training camp. Uh, I am ecstatic. It was hard-earned. I grew a playoff beard for 61 days. So even though the players on the ice left it all out, so did I. It was not easy. Unbelievable run. Congrats again. I've been a Bears fan, a Cubs fan, a Wisconsin Badgers fan. None of my teams have ever won anything in my lifetime. So tell me what it's like. A Steelers fan, a Penguins fan, multiple championships. Is just this another one to throw in the trophy case or is this something more special? No, it's more special because you you can never take winning a championship for granted because you don't know when it's ever going to happen. Because uh, my friends are from Cleveland. My wife is from Buffalo. And it is so difficult to win a championship. But in Pittsburgh, the reason why I am the way that I am is because they only raise you one way in Pittsburgh. And that's as a diehard sports fan in everything. And I believe my sports knowledge comes from the excellence of Pittsburgh sports. Because, and Bill Simmons talked about this on his podcast with Jimmy Butler this week, uh, talking about Chicago basketball fans. Why are they more knowledgeable? Well, when you watch Michael Jordan play for 11 years, you mm-hmm. understand basketball. Go over to people from Sacramento. They've watched <laughs> dysfunction for 20 years. So what is their knowledge going to be? So for me being a Pittsburgh fan, I've watched Mario Lemieux, Ben Roethlisberger, Sidney Crosby, Andrew McCutcheon. I've watched some of the best players in the game. So for me, it's raised my standard of excellence, what I expect. And quite frankly, for me, it is championship or bust every single year. I ha- You're never going to see... Uh, Eastern Conference Championship shirt out of me. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care what it is. Uh, Mike Tomlin likes to say the standard is the standard, and the standard for me is only championships. I like that attitude, though. You'll never see me rocking a Cubs Division Championship shirt. That's not what we're in it for. It's all or nothing. Go big or go home. Right, exactly. I do have to say, though, that I bought a Pirate shirt the year they went to the playoffs for the first time in over 20 years because they had the longest consecutive sub-500 streak in the history of sports. So to be 500 was one thing, but for them to make the playoffs was unbelievable. But now the standard is the World Series, so you're not going to see an NLCS shirt out of me. It's, once again, World Series or bust. And you really, really don't associate Pittsburgh, specifically the Pirates, with such losing times, but that's the reality. I mean, we think about the glory days with Bonds and Van Slyke, and now with McCutcheon, Garrett Cole, but there was that period, a long period, where they were just in the doldrums. So I grew up a Pirates fan to begin, because in the early 90s, the Steelers sucked, Bubby Brister was the Pirates had the killer bees. Like you said, 
Bonds, Bonilla, Van Slyke. By the way, Andy Van Slyke, first player to sign my baseball glove. Nice. And one of the best crow hops in all of baseball from center field. But so I was <laughs> ravenous about baseball. Barry Bonds leaves. Everything goes to crap for 20 years. <laughs> then the switch gets flipped with the Steelers being good. Bill Cower, Ben Roethlisberger. By the way, I went to Miami of Ohio. As you can imagine, my elation when my college quarterback gets drafted by my favorite team, who then leads them to three Super Bowls. My wow. goodness. Maction in the house. Right? I didn't know that. <laughs> Love it. Miami of Ohio. All right. So that was your path. Born and raised in Pittsburgh. Went to Miami of Ohio. And then you came directly to Chicago after graduating? <laughs> no. Uh, I lived in Cincinnati for six years. I did not. I graduated and did not have a job for a year and a half. I lived off my credit card. Because, right. Wow. Uh, I do not recommend anybody does that. Uh, but I will tell you, it was an unbelievably awesome and fun time. I was a 23-year-old punk kid with a marketing degree. And that was right when the dot com, the first dot-com bubble burst. So everyone's like, boom, you're going to have these sweet jobs. All the jobs <laughs> went away. And literally, I could not find a job to save my life. Uh, I got a job at TGI Fridays. Nice. I quit after a week. Okay. Um, short run. It was a very short run. Uh, <laughs> funny story about that. So it was me and my roommate. He was in the same boat as me. He was a finance major at Miami. Uh, neither of us could get a job. So get the jobs at TGI Fridays. And we're like, this is the worst job ever. We're getting the worst tables <laughs> at TGI Fridays because we're low man on the totem pole. So we're like, this isn't working. And his girlfriend at the time uh, worked at... Uh, the big concert venue in Cincinnati and Dave Matthews was playing uh, one Friday night. And we're like, man, we would love to go and we can get free tickets. So we did rock, paper, scissors to see who would call <laughs> to quit for both of us. Wow. I lost, called into TJ Fridays. We quit and went to the Dave Matthews concert instead. Unbelievable. At the Riverbend, right? At Riverbend, yes. I was a huge Dave Matthews fan. You know, we're going back 15 years and used to go all around the country to take him in. But uh, I never had to quit a job to see a show. So a little different. But uh, right. I know where you're coming from. When the Cubs were in the playoffs in 2003, I was still an undergrad at Wisconsin. It was the... So Bartman, Game 6, Game 7 on deck. You win, you go to the World Series. I was like, I have to be there. I have a friend lying on tickets. All I have to do is get there. Only problem was it was midterms. I dropped two four-credit classes to go to the game. Unfortunately, the Cubs didn't get it done. When I got back to Madison, I was just beside myself. Whoa. Man, that's, dedic that's dedication there. Wasn't a good idea for my academic career. I'm not going to lie. But here's the thing about that. Uh, I fully support that because I, in college, I was a MIS major, Management Information Systems Programming no one asked me what I wanted to do with my life. Like I said, the dot-com thing. So my parents said, all right, let's, uh, let's have you go into programming or something. I had no programming background. I absolutely hated it. Guess when I dropped that major? Second semester senior year. <laughs> and As you were graduating. Market, you <laughs> marketing was my, I was a double major. Mark, I picked up marketing as my minor, made that my other major. And people were like, you're crazy. Why in the world did you do that? Because I was never in my life going to use that. A piece of paper that said I was an MIS major, what good is that doing me right now? Just like those two midterms, do you think it's different? No. Had, right, so I'm someone who uh, I care very much about looking forward to life 
instead of checking off the boxes that everybody else wants you to check off. I mean, right now I have my diploma from Wisconsin, a sociology degree. It's not even worth the paper it's printed on. Right. What can I do with that? You know, so anyway, getting back to what you're doing right now, you're staying so busy. You're an avid reader, consumer of knowledge. I don't even know how you fit it all in, but tell us what you're doing with Crest Media and with Bacon Sports these days. So got two parallel paths going down. Uh, with Bacon Sports, I'm turning a sports blog into the awesomest sports media company ever. Bacon Sports is a sports comedy website that fuses together pop culture, nostalgia with a love of jerseys. We create original articles, videos, podcasts, live streaming. Uh, I love sports more than anything else. I don't watch the news. I literally watch sports 100% of the time. You can tell me you're from Utah, Seattle, Florida. It does not matter. I could talk to you about it. And that's actually why I was successful in sales is because I would instantly break down the barriers instead of going into my sales pitch. I would be like, oh, you're from Utah. I'm like, oh, let's talk Stockton to Malone, whatever. So got that going down with Bacon Sports. And while I was building all of that, I've learned some skills which are very applicable to the way that marketing and business is happening now with social media. So I opened up Crest Media, which is a digital media shop that helps brands create fun and engaging content and marketing. Because if you think about it right now, social media is really just the way that you market now. People communicate on social media. So brands now have to extend a lifeline to say, how am I gonna provide value to an audience, uh, be authentic, fun and engaging? That's through social media. Well, we gotta figure out someone who's gonna do that for us. Say hello to the guy who's created 1900 articles, 250 videos and 150 podcasts over the last three years to do that for a brand. That's what I do. Amazing. And counting. I mean, if you, want to, if you want to reach a specific demographic, you know how to get them. Well, and guess what? I specialize in millennials. Who's a millennial? Me and you. There you so go. it's like, I'm working with brands that want to reach me and my friends. That, that shouldn't be hard. It's, it, it should be a very simple thing, which actually is not because uh, brands do make it very difficult because business is never easy. And we know because we're also consumers that the need is there. Of course, the, of course the need is there. And, and here's the thing. Think about which brands you look forward to hearing from. Looking forward. So, for example, for me, Chubby Shorts. Uh, thighs out, skies out. Or skies out, thighs out. They have the short shorts for dudes. And guess what? Their marketing is a trip. It's native. It's funny. There's videos. You look forward to hearing from it. You are not being marketed to even though you are. And that's what brands need to do in order to connect with millennials. Yet so many brands fail at that because they're like, me, 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 look at what I'm doing. And guess what we say? I don't care. Because you're not on social media to consume brands. No. You're there to have fun. Of course. You're there to talk about the game or talk about what you're doing in your life. And it just, they happen to be there as well. You're in the shared space. Exactly. So now it's if you can be part of that conversation. Remember, social media is a two-way conversation. Another thing brands fail at miserably so let's create this two-way conversation about whatever's going on in the world that's relevant to your brand and your demographic. And that's how you're going to win. And one thing that you said is so true is, you know, you have to be authentic. You have to teach them how to be real and be themselves. And that's why I think in Bacon Sports, you're being you. You're not putting on a different face or a different voice. It's just you having fun, watching games, going to the beach, checking out jerseys, living your life. And I think that's what people like me connect with. They're like, hey, this guy's doing his thing. Like, I can appreciate that. That's awesome. Right. And that's really what I've based my entire life around. 
Uh, there's a quote that I created, live every day like a Girl Talk concert. <laughs> if you've ever been to Girl Talk, it's just nonstop dancing, fun, party. And guess what? We all have the choice every single day to do whatever we want. It just so happens that most people get into the routine of saying, I've got to go to my, my nine to five, do things a certain way. I got to wake up, live for Friday. No. Are you kidding me? That is not the way that I'm living. I'm going to march to a beat of my own drummer. If you could see in my inside my head at all times, there's literally a guy dancing in my head. <laughs> because what's the alternative? The alternative is me not being happy or me being happy. I'm like, well, why would I not want to be happy all the time? Doing what I love, helping others, getting other like-minded people. So everything that I do, that's what's going to be a part of it, is bring in like-minded people. Like I love doing this podcast with you guys because you guys are hustling. You're you're doing stuff. You're putting yourself out there to make things happen. Well, it's guys like you that are really our inspiration. I mean, for the last basically five years, I've been stuck in a rut, no pun intended, for <laughs> exactly what you're talking about. I don't want to be doing it, but you pay the bills. You have to earn. You have to make a living. And then you get home at night like, what, I, what did I do today? It's not challenging. It's not rewarding. And you just get stuck on the hamster wheel. So finally this year, I told myself enough's enough. I'm not getting any younger. I got to go for it. I got to do what makes me happy. I have to, you know, invoke my passion, my work ethic and go for it. I'm about to leave my job in the next couple of weeks as a consultant, attend every Cubs game and just go crazy with all this content creating. That is so awesome. That I mean, I love hearing stories like that. And really it comes down to a mindset shift. And that's the hardest thing for people. And it's why I am a robot of growth mindset. It's why I'm always learning, wanting to move forward because once you, once that switch flips and you're like, oh crap, you see the world in a completely different way. I don't have time for drama, anything negative. It's why I don't watch the news ever. Like legitimately, I've never watched the news because what's on the news? Death. Right. Nothing good. No, nothing good. And what so think about you in, in the terms of success. Do you want nothing good to be part of your mindset? Or do you want nothing but good things, forward-thinking things that are gonna allow you to reach the goals? I think of myself like I'm a professional athlete. Would they allow something negative in their life? The answer is no. So why do we? If we hold them to the exact same standard, oh my God, how can this guy give up this many runs? If we have that standard for them, then we should have that standard for ourselves. And no matter who you are, what industry you're in, you're always going to have doubters and detractors. You just have to block all that noise out, believe in yourself, and keep going. Completely. I could, I could care less what anybody thinks, even though I'm meticulous at caring what everybody thinks. <laughs> so my brand... Every, as you know, so completely authentic. Everything that I do is calculated from the, the things. I'm wearing a Bo Jackson hat and a Jeremy Roenick swingers shirt. That's not by accident. Everything is your brand. You have to think about everything. But guess what? I don't care what you guys think about it, but I do care what you guys think about it. <laughs> That's the thing. I want you guys to connect and be like, I love the movie Swingers or I love Bo Jackson. But if you guys didn't like it, whatever, no skin off my back because I care about the people who do care about it. The next guy is going exactly. to care. The next guy is going exactly. to connect. And that's where you get it, you know? Exactly. Now he's going to follow you. Now he's going to become, you know, a bacon sports consumer. And right. who knows what the future can hold. Right. Always be branding. Always. Love it. Love the attitude. Well, your Pittsburgh Pirates are in town this weekend to take on my Chicago Cubs. You're going to make it out to Wrigley Field, cheer on your boys at all? I'm hoping tomorrow to catch the game. Uh, 
if I do, I'm going to wear a Sidney Crosby jersey because in Pittsburgh we're called Yinzers because instead of y'all, we say Yins. Uh, Yins guy is going to go Don to the Cubs game and watch the Buccos. It's super slangy. Uh, and I like to be as Pittsburgh as I can when possible in the most obvious, blatant way. So it's almost like an inside joke. Because I don't live in Pittsburgh, I've become more Pittsburgh. Sure. Uh, so I hope to make it up there. And strangely, because I live in Chicago and I run a sports media company, it's in my best interest to always root for all Chicago teams. E, I'm Pittsburgh number one for everything and Chicago number two for everything else. So I'm rooting for the Cubs in every instance except for when they play the Pirates. Because why would I not want to see history be made history like a 100 year party in chicago are you kidding me oh it's gonna happen so get ready right we we talked about it the other day i mean how many people will show up to that parade when the cubs win the world series millions so to put that into perspective in game five of the stanley cup final the penguins had a chance to clinch the cup in pittsburgh there were twenty thousand people outside of the arena in the streets, ready to explode. Put that into comparison. What will Clark Street look like? Like oh uh, we've God. seen what has happened when the Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup. I was in Wrigleyville for each of the three, and it is insane. I actually walked home from Wrigley to Old Town because there was nothing but people all over the place. Now move that forward to Game Six in Chicago <laughs> because. Quite frankly, I think the Cubs would win it in six. This team is so good. They don't need a game seven. What What do you think that would be like? It's going to be unbelievable. I really think it is going to happen this year. And I know I'm blinded by my fandom, but they're so good. They're so much better than everyone else in the league. And every day, it seems like they had a new piece. They just called up this stud prospect, Wilson Contreras. We know they have all the resources. The Cubs want to make a trade later in the year. Theo's got carte blanche. He's the pocketbook is wide open this team is just ready to, to so win. are you allowing yourself to not be a cynical woe is us the last hundred years the cubs always lose or have you allowed the mindset shift to happen where you say listen that was different theo has built this to become a model of success and i'm buying into that success because there's two very distinct mindsets in chicago no question. I'm an eternal optimist. I've been this way long before Theo. I mean, even back in the Kerry Wood and Mark Pryor days, I believe this was our time. I'm not someone who puts any stock into curses or any of that BS. It's, I mean, people in Boston said this for 85 years. That, oh, woe is us. We'll never win the Babe Ruth curse. And then guess what? They win the World Series. A couple of years later, they win it again. Now you don't hear anything about it. Now it's about a dynasty and Big Poppy and who they can get next. So the same thing is going to happen here. They'll win it this year, and they'll say, oh, what about a repeat next year? Right. That's just the attitude change. It's going to be great, though. I fully believe, firmly believe in positive thinking, and Joe Madden's the perfect guy for this team. Joe Madden, without a doubt, the best manager in all of baseball, and he would be up there for best manager or coach in all of sports. And it's really not even what he does during the game. It has nothing to do with being a tactician. I could take his job once the game starts. It's all the peripheral things, managing the egos. It's almost like Phil Jackson. You know, it's like just you have to curtail and just treat everyone a different way. And he just has a perfect melting pot on how to, you know, get everything going. 
Speaking of Phil Jackson, you should definitely read his book if you have not read it. Uh, you mentioned that I like to read. I love to read because I want to know the knowledge of the most successful people in the world because you want to emulate that. Phil Jackson is one. I'm currently reading the memoir by Phil Knight, the mm-hmm. CEO of Nike. And for someone on an entrepreneurial journey, you're like, oh, someone like Nike probably just crushed it like the entire time. No, that is never the case. The stories of these people and and when you're watching sports, always be aware. The number one thing that I would say to anybody listening to this for how you can become more successful, increase your awareness on every single thing ever. So when we're talking about Joe Madden, I love Joe Madden because he's a standard of excellence. I want to emulate excellent people. I want to know what's going through his head. What's he doing? And then look everywhere else. That's what you're going to need to do to be successful. And Joe Madden would probably say the exact same thing. Definitely. I mean, he would say that that holds true in all aspects of life, not managing baseball or personalities or a business, but everything that you do in your daily life. Without a doubt. That's why Joe Madden probably can get hired to speak about, he doesn't even need to talk about baseball. Right. There, it's so far away from it. Phil Jackson, he didn't need to talk about X's and O's. He, Phil Jackson had people meditating. He understood personalities, motivation, all of those things. There's, there's so much more to success than I believe what everybody else makes it out to be. Right. I mean, these guys are really just experts at winning in life. Right. Not in their sport. Right. Exactly. Awesome. Well, uh, everyone should definitely go to Crest Media. Check out Rob Bacon Sports. You have to follow him on Snapchat. He's such a good snapper. Is that the right word? I mean, tweeter, snapper. What do we use? Snapper. I can do that. Do we just invent a new word right here? Snapper. Yeah. I'm a snap. I can get down with that. I like it though. Right. I mean, and do you think that's the future here of social media, Snapchat? Uh, I am all in on Snapchat, 100%, because of the fundamentals of Snapchat. It's not the new shiny object. Here's why Snapchat's great. It's authentic. It's fun. It's engaging. And you have the opportunity to deliver value. And there's no noise. Because here's the thing. Someone, in order to see one of my snaps, they have to push a button. Right. You don't push a button on Twitter. You don't push a button on Facebook. It's a never-ending stream of noise, 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 noise. So now, when someone pushes that button, we've gone into essentially a contract together. I trust what Rob is going to deliver for me is going to deliver on my expectations. If I don't, they're not going to start looking at my stuff. So for me, it makes me be on my game every single snap, which once again goes back to I am always thinking about my brand every single second. It doesn't mean I hit a home run every single time, but... I understand that that person is giving me their attention. And if even if it's for three seconds, 10 seconds, I have to earn that every single time with them. And that's one reason why people need to be more aware of how long they make their snaps. Uh, in the bottom left corner, they give you the option for how long you want a picture to be. Right. Between one yeah. and 10 seconds. People let that go long, long, long. Well, here's a little tip for you. For me, my images are usually three seconds long. Why? Because I don't want you pushing that screen to move to the next one because that triggers something in you saying, all right, I've seen enough. Instead, I want to train my audience to know that they have to pay attention to my snaps to see what they're going to be. Because if it goes one, two, three, boom, you've got to capture it. It's on to the next thing right away. And you're training them to be more engaged in the name of marketing and brand building is engagement. 
So I want to always be delivering this engagement in a way being respectful of the time because so many other people don't do that. No, and I love the way you do that. I mean, it makes it easy to follow it. It makes it easy to stay attentive and you don't want to advance. You're taking in the picture and by the time you're done, it's already gone on to the next thing for you. So it's perfect. When I snap, I do the same thing. Three seconds, maybe four if there's a lot going on. Right. Or I've written something where like, you know, you just have brain enough time to process it. Right. Def definitely know that. So when you're doing Snapchat, think about what's on the screen. If it's a picture of a hamburger, you're like, you can do that. <laughs> if it's the awesomest hamburger ever, maybe two seconds. But sometimes like when I was doing my playoff beard, uh, I made those one second long because all I wanted to do was register that I was doing the playoff beard. So with Snapchat, a lot of the things that I do are trying to lead by example to show that I'm putting in the work. But in that instance, I didn't, no one cares that much. You already see my beard half the time, but I had to register playoff beard day 57. Boom, one second and one second. Those things go by quick. Yeah, and it was great. Just, you know, that's like a, a diary for you right. and for all your fans. And then you put together that awesome time lapse that everyone can see on the site where you go one to, was it 61? 61 days. Unbelievable. And now you're clean shaven. You're back in business. Yeah, it is. It's uh, the summertime shy look. All right, so before we let you go, uh, Game 7, NBA Finals, Sunday night. We're going to have a champion one way or another. Who you got? Golden State. Uh, I've been Golden State the entire way in this series uh one it's hard to win on the road nonetheless against a team with the most wins in the history of basketball in a regular season i am not happy with the way golden state has played the last three games uh everyone was like oh if Draymond green was there in game five they would have won oh really then what happened last night i think that momentum is a very very powerful thing and something is a little bit off with Golden State. Harrison Barnes, you know how many points he had last night? Zero. So we're looking at things. Tristan Thompson is becoming a force in this series. We all know LeBron. LeBron is the best player in basketball. It doesn't mean that Steph Curry isn't the MVP. LeBron James is the best player in basketball. So now it's can... It's Kyrie and LeBron. Can they continue to do it? And that's always been the issue with the Cavs is their consistency. We don't expect Kyrie to go for 40. Everyone's like, holy smokes. But if Clay and Steph go for 40, we're like, whatever. Expected. Business, business right. as usual. Steph Curry has not been all of that. And you know what the issue with him is? Foul trouble. He's been in foul trouble in at least three of the games. And that's by design. Uh, I was listening, I think, also on the Bill Simmons podcast. Oh, no, it was... Uh, Zach Lowe talking with Jeff Van Gundy and Cleveland is making it a point to make Steph Curry work more on defense. And when he has to work more on defense, he's getting in foul trouble, makes it a little bit harder offensively for him. Uh, but despite that, I have to believe that Golden State, the team that we've seen all year, I'm usually someone who likes to think regression to the mean. Mm -hmm. What have we seen? I'm not going to jump to rash decisions. It, Cleveland very well could win. But I'm more likely to think the team comprised of Steph, Clay, Draymond, Steve Kerr, who's been here before, who's at home. What do you think? Who are you going with? You know, I've been thinking this whole series, just like you, that this is the best team in the league. They have the best, you know, they have the MVP. They'll get it done. But after last night, I really think that Cleveland could get this done. I mean, I think they will win. I think the pressure is all on Golden State. They're at home. 
They're expected to win. They have the best record of all time. And now it's like, we don't even win the ring. It, it's nothing. It's like a, a lost season. And they have major injury problems. No Andrew Bogut, who is a, was a great rim protector. Andre Iguodala definitely got hurt last night. We'll see how good he can. But like you said, Tristan Thompson, he's now feeling confident. This Cavs team, they believe. Can you imagine, and I'll end on this, the narrative in Cleveland. So I believe they would become the first team in NBA history ever to come down from 3-1 in a series to win. Right. In the finals. No one's ever done. In the finals. So let's put that in the Cleveland lack of championship narrative. Just back to the Cubs going bananas. So right now, LeBron has a chance to bring the title to Cleveland in the most in unbelievable way possible coming back defeating the 73 (laughs) win team and you know what me being a bulls fan i would almost be okay with it because i'm shout out to mj scotty dennis for greatest team ever because if golden state does not win this they're not going to be in the greatest team ever they will be the new england patriots who lost to the giants the that championship bulls team even printed out shirts that said 72 and 10 it don't mean a thing if you don't have that ring. (laughs) Love that. Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on, Rob. Hopefully we can uh, do this again soon. Everyone go follow him at Bacon Sports. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. This is Rut's Happening.